You are listening to The Bell Post. Uh, Welcome to this edition of our podcast. My name is Ken W. Good. I am an attorney in Tyler, Texas, and I specialize in bell law. We're now entering the third month of our podcast, and we have completed episodes on various topics, including uh, what the heck do bondsmen do? I think a lot of people don't realize all the things that bondsmen do, and I think it has turned into a great resource and probably the the podcast that's been heard the most uh, so far. We've also covered other topics, including a summary of a recent opinion from the uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals called Dave's versus Dallas County, which is a very important opinion and will affect federal litigation going forward in the area of Bell Law. And we've also have an episode on what is causing crime to increase in Houston, Texas. And it was a really hard hitting episode. We had guests on there that didn't have any hesitation about mentioning judges by name who they thought were not uh, looking out for public safety. And I would encourage you to visit our website, uh, thebellpost.com, and listen to these episodes. On today's episode, we're going to talk to the Coopers, Anthony and Kelly Cooper. Welcome to our show. And I know I've known you all for a long time, but uh, I was thinking about doing something different today, just kind of of, uh, to see how it went. And I was thinking, Kelly, why don't you describe Anthony? And Anthony, why don't you describe Kelly? Uh, Start with you, Kelly. (laughs) That's kind of a loaded thing to ask. Okay. How would I describe Anthony? He is probably everybody's definition of a bell bond. He looks like a bell bondsman. I'm going to say that. What I think what people picture him as. Uh, tall, good looking, you know, he works hard. He's been doing this for almost over 25 years going on. He says 28. So, you know, I describe him and he's sitting here telling me what to say. <laughs> um, hard worker um, what people don't know about the bell bond business is it's a seven day a week job um, you have to answer the phone 24 hours a day and you know that's the story of our life that's how we've done life and continue to do life but he's a good guy in the midst of it I say he's a typical bell bondsman but what most people don't know is the heart behind a bell bondsman and Anthony definitely has a very big heart. He cares about his community, and he does the very best he can to take care of all areas of our bail bond business. Well, and Anthony, how would you describe Kelly? Man, (laughs) got me on the spot. That's right. She's a pretty good girl. She's all right for a wife, too. She's a hard worker. Spend a lot of her time working, you know, in the community and her MOM and she go to church on Sunday. She does pretty good at that. Uh, she has about eighty pair, ninety pair, hundred pair of shoes. Uh, Where's your home? Where, where do y'all live? Where, what town do y'all live? Well, in? we live in Mount Pleasant, Texas. Man, we're we're right here in in the right in the heart of nothing. Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Well, Fifteen thousand population. <laughs> I know Mount Pleasant is deep in East Texas, and you know I did a little research on it. And it you know, the uh, it dates back to the 1800s, all the way back to uh, uh, the Caddo Indian uh, time period, and that's where it even gets its name because the Indians would create burial mounds that were very large, and they were uh, 
consider they were called Pleasant Mounts. And so that's how the name, the Mount Pleasant, came about. How, how long have y'all been in this area? Been here for 61 years of my life. I've been Kelly. here my whole life, too. Sounds like to me this is a town kind of like a town that I grew up. Everybody knows everybody. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, it, I mean, it seems like even law enforcement, judges, the courthouse, I mean, is it, you know all the good and all the bad about everybody around town. That's right. The good, the bad, and the ugly gets around quick. <laughs> well, and I, they know, you know it the, all about you, too. Well, that's what I was going to say. The good thing is, you can't, I mean, the bad thing about a town like that, you can't hide anything either about yourself. So you have to be yourself. Now, uh, Kelly, uh, Anthony mentioned that you had this organization called MOM. Tell me what that is. MOM is, stands for Ministering Our Military. We are a 501c3 that started in 19, 19, good grief, not really. How about started in 2013? Um, We are, our main objective is to provide support and care packages for active military members all across the world, wherever they happen to be at at the time. So to date, we've sent out several thousand care packages. We usually send out a little over probably 1,500 care packages a year. At Christmas this year, we sent out 976 care packages. So we will actually have surpassed anything we've ever done before last year. So how does it come about? Somebody, this bondsman from Mount Pleasant, Texas, decides, hey, I'm going to start this nonprofit called Mom. How did that come about? Well, my son, our son is in the Marines, and he had just joined in 2012, and I had no idea what being a military mom meant. And we actually started as four moms got together and decided we were just going to kind of support each other. And in that process, we decided to start doing care packages for birthdays and Christmas to just our guys. We had no girls in the group at that time, so it was just guys. But we sent care packages to them that first year, and then it just grew from there, and we decided to become a not a legal nonprofit. So we applied for our 501c3, and it just kind of blew up, and we have great community support. That is one great thing about Mount Pleasant. They are very community-oriented, and we have great support. Anthony is a great support for us. He kind of does a lot of the legwork for me and the moving and the getting it all together. Because when you're talking about supplying 975 care packages, that means a cargo trailer full of product that has to be sorted and packed and then put back in the trailer and taken to the post office. So it takes, he has to help me, but he's, we, make a pretty good team so if if people wanted to get more information about mom if they wanted to even you know uh, contribute towards that where would they go they can go to momtx.org is our website or they can also find us on facebook under ministering our military 
and find out more information. And there's a link there that kind of will show them pictures of different people that have received things. And that kind of gives you a more better understanding and more kind of shows you the heart behind it when you actually see pictures coming back from all over the world of them opening those care packages. Well, and one of the other things that Anthony mentioned is that, you know, in the last year you've had kind of a health issue and uh, how, I mean, how was that in dealing with mom, but also dealing with what you've already said is a 24 seven bell bond business. Well, I kind of, took a small hiatus and Anthony had to kind of take everything home on himself. I was working from home, but um, I had great support. There were some other MOM members that kind of stepped in and covered for me while I couldn't do anything. Thank, you know, the only good thing was it also happened during COVID. So once the rest of the world set, shut down, I was shut down with it. So if it was going to happen, I guess that was one good time it could happen. Nothing else was going on in the world. So I just kind of stayed home with everybody else. Well, you know, I, I want to move on because I want to talk about a, 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 there's a specific topic I want to talk about. But before I do that, you know, Anthony, tell me about your son. I know I've just always heard your son's in the military, your son's Marines. But, you know, how? tell me more about your son in the Marines. What's his name? Chad Gaddis. Uh, okay. He's been in, what, eight years? I think he's been he's in eight in, years. Yeah. Ten years. Okay. Ten years. <laughs> He's a pretty good boy. He's about, I don't know, he ain't good looking as me, but he's about probably five, nine, ten, probably weigh about 200 pounds. He's all muscle. I'm not, but. Where, where, all, has he been around, where all has he been around the world? He's been to Africa. He's been to Australia. He's in China now. He's about to go to China. I believe about to leave to go to China. Uh, you know, just back and forth, California and the East Coast a lot, but he's about to leave for China he's, here any day. Do you think that the, the military has been a good experience for him or uh, or not? Oh, I think it has. It got him out of that teenage craziness he might have been facing. Kept me from breaking his neck and keeping him straight. And yeah, he got his head screwed on straight. Now he's doing good. Well, you know, one of the, the reasons why I wanted to talk to y'all today is why I wanted to talk to you about your, your bell bond business. And, and we've reported, you know, this story before about it was – uh, an incident with uh, a young man in y'all's area by the name of Mario Briones. And uh, I kind of want to, I don't want to kind of set it up myself. I, I want to learn more about this story from y'all. So uh, tell me about this, uh, this guy. He's been one of our priors. We, we had had him for a couple of felony charges before. Uh, his, his aunt owned a local restaurant here, Mexican restaurant, two senoritas. And uh, she and I were good friends. And he had, uh, I think he had acquired a new charge of uh, aggravated kidnapping. And, of course, he was on the most wanted list. And, of course, they had been looking for him for a while. I contacted his aunt. She and I got together, and I kind of told her that, you know, it might be best that, that we get this boy together and get him to turn himself in because he was already claiming he wasn't going to turn himself in and he'd die before he did, you know, and I knew that that would turn and be a conflict and, and something that didn't need to happen on either side. We kind of talked uh, her into getting him to come to me. And I turned him into the Titus County jail one afternoon. When you say you turned him in, what does that mean? I, I had him, I had the family drop him off up in our office uh, close to the jail and uh, walked him over to the uh, authorities there at the jail. And, and what, uh, 
Why did you do that? Why did you walk him in? Oh, why did I? Yeah. Well, I felt like it was, you know, I tried to coach the boy and how to act and how to face it and get it all behind him, you know, and how to deal with it when they're going to pick him up. Of course, it was better than them picking him up out on the street and there end up being a gunfight or somebody hurt. But uh, it was just better. It, it kind of looked to him like he would have a better uh, outlook if he, he turned himself into and he had somebody to support him. But uh, it worked out good. I mean, when we did walk him up toward the sheriff's office, they all ran out kind of guns halfway drawn like it was a big deal, which it wasn't. The boy was ready to, to give himself up without such a conflict. It, it worked out good. It just it kind of kept it from uh, turning to something else. It seems like to me with you being there, you were kind of like almost the mediator between the two sides. You gave him the confidence to go, to turn himself in. And the police officers there seeing you gave them the confidence that this wasn't going to turn into a big conflict. It was because almost like your personal relationship with both sides, they ensure that it didn't go into something that it shouldn't have, or that would have been a tragedy from any side. Right. And this has happened a lot over the past close to 30 years. We've, we've helped Texas Rangers and local law enforcement find people that, they've been looking for that have actually been one of ours, that they more trust us. Uh, they seem to trust somebody that can uh, talk to them and reason with them that they're not wearing a badge or nothing against anybody with a badge, but kind of gives them a little go between instead of just, you know, authorities trying to pick them up, throw them down, handcuff them. It kind of gives them opportunity to do it on their own too. But uh, most of these people are people that we've had over the years, if not direct, uh, we've had one of their family members or uh, maybe uh that can contact these people that can reach out and try to get them to do the right thing, you know, instead of causing a conflict. I mean, you know, I kind of like the point that you make that this isn't a, a one-off. This isn't something that's, uh, you know, an extraordinary situation. Cause you know, I was thinking, Kelly, what were you thinking when, you know, this guy shows up at your office and Anthony's walking him o- over to the jail. I mean, it mean, sounds like, I mean, were you like, Oh my God, what are we doing? No, it's like he said, it's kind of normal for, I mean, you know, what people don't, I guess, understand about the bond business is, you know, a lot of times we're having to go find, or Anthony's having to go find that person who, you know, has missed or they're looking for them. And, you know, thankfully he has a good enough rapport with our client that they will talk to him. So I don't, to me, it's just kind of another day, just, another day in our life. Wow. And I, I you know, I, I just think of this as a, a, such an extraordinary situation. It's, it's, it's very uh, different even for me when I hear y'all talk about, Hey, this isn't that uncommon. It's happened many other times. And, and that's part of the job that we do as, as moms. Exactly. Um, just, you know, after that, Anthony had another incident where a man they were looking for, and he had four, large bonds that he had missed on and the Pittsburgh, once again, it was Pittsburgh. It's always Pittsburgh. Um, They were looking for him and couldn't find him. And he called Anthony the day after Christmas and said, you know, I know I've got a warrant and Anthony just calmly talked to him and 
asked him where he was, or didn't ask him where he was. He got in the car and started driving where he thought he was. And he was walking down the street and Anthony pulled up beside him and said, Hey, you know, you need to turn yourself in and let's get this straight. And the guy willingly got in the car and went to the jail and turned himself in. So I think it's just the human respect aspect of it. You know, sometimes they just need to know that there's some, they may have done something wrong, but give them the respect to not treat them like a wild animal, maybe. Do you do you think that y'all's involvement in these situations has has helped public safety or hurt public safety? I think it's definitely helped it. Uh, keeps the situation from arising that you see all the time. It uh, we were in the courtroom this week, uh, county court, and this one guy had come in. He was giving lots of trouble uh, with the judge, and I don't know why that. Two weeks prior, he was in court. And he got out of line. They should have arrested him then. And of course, our bailiff is a real small guy. And uh, the guy come in just cussing, raising cane to court. And the bailiff went to get him and uh, tell him to step outside. He wouldn't. But, uh, you know, and I know the bailiff personally, so I, I, I helped him. And I explained to the guy that was causing all the problems. I said, you need to listen to him. You need to step outside. You know, I said, Man told you to step outside, step outside. We were able to get him outside and get him in the hall and eventually able to talk the big guy into putting his hands on the wall where he could cuff him. And uh, it, it keeps it from happening, you know, stuff anywhere, even on the street, the courtroom. You know, if you're there, it, it ain't all about the money. You know, we get paid sometimes, you know, sometimes we lose, but not a whole lot. But in between, you got to look at the human part. And, you know, in the end, we was able to tell that guy, I was able to tell him, do the right thing, you know, respect the law, you know. And he finally, he, he gave in. We cuffed him, and, and uh, or the bailiff cuffed him and got him in the car, got him in the jail. But, you know, there's there's a lot of go-between you can do. You don't have to just treat the people like an animal, you know. Now, he was acting like an animal, but he came down to earth. He realized that he was in a corner and he'd do the right thing. But a lot of these, yeah, it's keeping a lot of stuff from happening on the street. It could be... There's been several, several instances over the past that, uh, especially with Texas Rangers looking for guys local that we were able to get a hold of them and get them turned in uh, before there was a conflict. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely stops a lot of well, let me lot ask of you heart. Let me ask you this. We, we hear today, you know, especially out of Harris County, you know, that bondsmen are the reason why crime is increasing. and. And I listen to that argument, especially from Harris County, where, you know, they've made changes to their misdemeanor bond. And and the DA's done a report that says that they're changing and, and, and their misdemeanor reforms are causing crime to increase. And you hear Senator Whitmire agree that that's causing crime to increase. And as a result of the changes, they're, they're now saying, well, uh, bondsmen don't really write any misdemeanor bonds in Harris County, but the bondsmen are the reason why crime is increasing. And I just listened to that, and I'm like, how the hell are bondsmen causing crime to increase for, for misdemeanor bonds in Harris County when they're not even writing those bonds? It just sounds like they're talking out of both sides of their mouths. But I just kind of, what, what do you think, uh, uh, Kelly and Anthony, as bondsmen, when, uh, when you hear that these terrible bad bail reforms are the are not what's causing crime to increase, but it's the bondsmen are the cause of the crime increasing. Well, I really don't even know how to address that because 
that's completely illogical. Um, you know, my, our opinion is if you continually let somebody out on a PR bond, they have no repercussions for what they've done. If we get them out on a purity bond, you know, they have to check in with us once a week. We, you know, know where they're at. We can keep track of them. And there's nobody doing that on all of these PR bonds. And when they miss court, we have repercussions for them missing court. And they don't have anything when they miss on a PR bond. They just, they're issuing more PR bonds. So it's completely, what you said is they're talking out both sides because it's completely illogical. There's no... I don't know. Can't, I can't even wrap my brain around what they're, how it could be our fault. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, and someone sent me a text, I think they said, it's almost like saying uh, it's the restaurant's fault for people being fat because they're serving food. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it's crazy. And, and I, I mean, it's like when day is night, night is day, uh, we all agree it's a problem. But, you know, people always want to blame the bondsman. I mean, you know, four, four years ago when Harris County was talking about making these changes, we were, uh, you know, our community was saying, if you do this, these are the things that are going to happen. Now, four years later, all these things have happened and their response is, you're right, they've happened. Oh, but it's your fault, bondsman, not ours, not, not anything we've done. And that doesn't make any sense at all. And it's just, to me, it's just all political cover. For them to concede crime is increasing, that alienates their supporters and so they're trying to keep them by saying but don't worry it's the bonds of fault we need to address them in the next legislative session well that's the human nature to me you got to blame it on somebody so are we going to blame it on the sheriff's department or are we going to blame it on the judge are we going to blame it on the, the uh probation department who are we going to blame it on well number one let's go back and see who keeps up with all these people. But, but then, then after that, let's see how much money we save the state, state of Texas and every other state in the United States by keeping up with these people for them. What if we didn't get those people out, even on misdemeanor bonds? You know, after three or four or five days, these jails are crying, feeding them, taking them to the hospitals, paying their bills, listening to them complain, having to take care of them, babysit them, wipe their butts and their noses. You know, and by us getting them out, they praise us. They call us, oh, please, how could it be our fault when they continually, the ones that, that can't bond out, they'll bring them to the phone and put them on the phone to call a bondsman. They need us. They want us. But you know what? If we didn't get them out and we didn't keep up with them, I don't know where these people would be. I don't know where our taxpayers would be paying to feed and house these people, you know. And I don't know where they would be if they didn't have us to put bond forfeitures, court costs, transportation fees, and the blame. I mean, that's what we're here for. Somebody's got to take the blame. You know, we might as well take it. <laughs> That's a good point. I agree with you. We as an industry said that these are the problems. When, when you remove accountability, when you remove consequences from somebody not showing up for court. And I like to tell judges, if you don't care whether somebody comes to court, then you don't need us. But if you quit caring somebody's going to come to court, then your crime's going to increase because they're going to see that no consequences means that they can keep doing anything they want to do. And Senator Whitmire is well known for saying, well, we just need to put people in jail we're scared about, and we don't need to be putting people in jail they're, we're just mad at. Well, the criminals have heard right. that, 
they've heard it and they've said, well, I'm going to see how mad I can make these people and still not go to jail. And that's the reason why we have crime increasing. Exactly. If they didn't want these people out, why they set them a post the bond? Why do they give them a bond about? Well, you know, that's the best point of all. It's like, really, it's like saying uh, the bondsmen should be doing the job that the judges are refusing to do. We should be deciding who the dangerous people are and deciding who should be getting out of jail, which this is all about. Judges set bail. We post bail after it's been set. If the judges are not setting bail high enough or if they're not denying bail when they should, that's on them. That's not on the bonding committee. And we need to make that point very clear. We do one thing. We do it very well. We've been doing it over 200 years. And there's a reason why we're still in business, because this isn't the first time. It's not the second time. It's not the third time that someone's come and said, oh, this isn't fair. We need to get rid of the bondsman and do something else. The problem is they never have something else to replace us with. Look at Harris County. They just decided, oh, we'll use this. Well, it's chaos. They tried it in New York. It's chaos. So what we need to come back to and realize is until you come up with something that works, if you try to replace bonds, you're, you're replacing us with chaos and go back to using bondsmen because you can't have the chaos. Uh, this has been a great episode. I loved every bit of it. I love y'all. Y'all are great people. Well, I think y'all are just really good, good people. And I don't think people realize that bondsmen, and the bonding community are made up of good people, sometimes second generation good people, sometimes third generation good people. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town, much like Mount Pleasant. And I I know those kinds of uh, the people that live there, that's people I grew up with. And I I love that whole uh, uh, idea of of community. And I, I think y'all have just shown what, what, what are some of just the great things bondsmen can do if, if you just join a community and, and find similar interests and work to, uh, to make the community better. I just can't thank y'all enough for being here today to sharing oh. just a few comments with us. So thanks a bunch, guys. Thanks. Thank you very much. And, uh, thanks, Ken. Thanks. Good to be there. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for listening and come back for the next episode of The Bell Post.